0: So I started doing the virtual campfire in 2016, I believe. But I really started doing the Hobo Safe Camp podcast in 2014. And there's this whole other version of it. This was before Instagram. It was before really social I, for me, social media was Facebook back at that time. Uh, or when I first met so this first guest here is Brian. When I first met Brian, um, we had met through, I believe, Facebook. We met a, lo- a few years before that. And, in fact, he was the first person to buy my book. I have a, a book called Drawing the Short Straw, and you can find it. It's available out there. Um, I think it's even on Amazon, but uh, lulu.com. Or... Anyway, um, we were both writing. We were both blogging. This was, this was be- like I said, it's before Instagram, so we were blogging back then. And we came, kind of came across each other's blogs and were supporting each other's writing and became friends that way. Basically in the comment of each other comment section of each other's blogs. And then we found each other on Facebook and became friends that way. Well, I'm no longer on Facebook. I've completely lost track of uh, most of the people that I talked to on this first version of the Hobo Safe Camp. I don't even know if I was calling it the virtual campfire back there. It might have just been Hobo Safe Camp. We'll find out when I start talking here. Um, but... There's 24 episodes of this original thing. And the way I was doing it was mostly I was putting ads on Craigslist looking for people to just talk to me. People I'd never talked to before. Never knew, didn't know anything about them. And, and, I was, and they would call, we would Skype, and we would just talk. And I would put these things out. And I'd, usually it was the only time I ever talked to them. I talked to them. And then, because like I said, there wasn't really social media. So we would just go our separate ways. And I have these these conversations recorded, and it's like, why am I holding on to these? So, I'm going to share them with you. So, this is uh, from almost six six years ago. This was July, I believe, six years, July twentieth, twenty sixteen, and uh, it's Brian Thomas. And you're going to hear a little. I'm going to leave the intro that my original intro, and you're going to hear some websites and some things. I don't think they exist anymore. Um, I know actually Brian's blog is still up because I just went and checked. So uh, his his WordPress blog. So that that link exists. Um, I, he's he's on Instagram at uh, I'm going to say Faces of Love FW, but he doesn't. There's no posts. I requested a follow months and months ago. He hasn't accepted. I don't think he checks in. I don't know where he's at. He's from Fort Wayne. If anyone knows Brian Thomas from Fort Wayne, please send him my way <laughs> anyway. Uh, like I said, just thank you. Thank you so much for supporting us. And um, let's, let's check this out. This is the very first uh, podcast anything I ever did. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited. Welcome to the first ever episode of of Hobo Safe Camp. My name is Mark Hammerschmidt and I'll be your camp host. Now each week I'll be sitting down with someone you've probably never heard of before to talk with them about their journeys through life. Basically, I'll be giving the guest an open forum and they can talk about whatever they want to talk about. Now today, I'll be talking with Brian Thomas of Fort Wayne, Indiana. I met Brian about five or six years ago. We were both blogging pretty heavily back then. He was actually the first person to ever buy my book and. Maybe it's kind of creepy that we became friends after that, but uh, we did, <laughs> and so um, we became really good online friends and we've kind of lost touch over the years because mostly my fault because I kind of withdrew from all social media and uh, took down all my blogs and kind of stopped writing for a while, just trying to get my head straight. So when I decided to start this project up, I thought I'm going to give Brian a call and see what he's up to. Now not only is Brian an amazing writer, he's a great person, and you're about to find that out. But, like I said, he's also a great writer. So please go read some of his work at thecheekofgod.wordpress.com. And, uh, and also if you like this show, please take a minute and visit our website at hobosafecamp.net. Um, we're brand new, we're in desperate need of support, it's easy to do, just go to the website, HoboSafeCamp.net um, if you're already an Amazon.com shopper just go through our link there um, incidentally if you click that link it will take you right to my book that Brian bought the first copy of. Now you don't have to buy the book um, but it will get you to my book on Amazon so it's just kinda of two birds one stone buy the book continue shopping don't buy the book and just shop but use the link um, also, if you want to just send a donation, there's a donate button. Um, or send me an email. You know, we work with stuff like, uh, Amazon gift cards. That's also another great way to support the show. Every little bit will help to improve the quality, and hopefully, over the years, we will bring you your favorite podcast that you can't wait to listen to. So, without further ado, I present to you Mr. Brian Thomas.
1: I'm just a rambling hobo. I ramble all alone. I'm just a rambling
0: hobo. I
1: ramble all alone. Ain't got no one to love me. No place to call my home. Garage.
0: But oh, nice. I, yeah. <laughs>
1: This is where I hang out. so.
0: That's the, the man cave?
1: I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it works for me. I, our house isn't huge. So, yeah, this is the spot where I can just come and hang out and do stuff like this. So it's kind of fun.
0: Well, great. That's, that's nice. I don't have a garage. Uh, <laughs> I have a, I have a I have greenhouse a that I sneak off to.
1: There you go. <laughs> well, hey, that would be even better because I just sit here among the the gas cans and my honda and that's about it yeah. <laughs> I, I could imagine sitting among flowers would be a little more inspiring or fruits and vegetables that would be awesome yeah well too. this
0: that out here is such a drought that it's just oh. it's sitting amongst uh just empty pots at the moment
1: <laughs> you know we had crazy winter and so <clears throat> we had a lot of moisture in the ground and so yeah we've mowed more this year than i think we've ever mowed i mean just looking at my yard right now it's like wow we could you mow it again i mean two times a week sometimes more it's just growing like crazy now right now we're in the midst of like about a week where we haven't had any rain but that's pretty rare for around indiana so
0: where where exactly in indiana are you you're in fort wayne
1: fort wayne which is northeast part of the state we're only an hour from ohio an hour from michigan so we're uh we're in a nice spot. It's kind of a nice drive through. Lots of people that come west from the east have to go uh, through Fort Wayne and and vice versa, depending on what road you take, of course. But because it's always easy to dip down and go through Indianapolis. But hey, we're a nice stop on the map. So if you ever get here,
0: <laughs> there, you go. There's your pitch for Fort Wayne.
1: We have lots of corn and, and a pretty <laughs> and a pretty decent uh, minor league baseball team that's actually doing very well this year. So.
0: Oh, good. That's great. So, and then, what do you do for a living out? Uh? Out there in Fort Wayne
1: I uh, I work for Nestle um, At an ice cream facility uh, We uh, make the Edie's brand ice cream Which is east of the Rockies And we make the Dryers brand Which is out on the west coast And um, we also make the drumsticks That everybody loves to eat yeah. It's a good treat <laughs> Um, the little mini drum cones, uh, we make those almost exclusively at our plant. So if you eat any kind of mini drumstick, uh, we make that at our plant. And uh, I don't actually make the ice cream. I work in the engineering department. So uh, when a machine breaks down, I get a lot more involved. Uh, someone needs a an O-ring or a part or a brand-new motor or something like that, then I'm the guy that helps them get it either by contacting vendors or making sure stock levels are our optimum for things like that, breakdowns, so that we can keep going. It's fun. We uh, used to be uh, owned by Dryers, which is out in California, and uh, sold to Nestle, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago. So the transition's been interesting.
0: You, you work a lot of hours, don't you? Or you used I to? Do. We We haven't talked for a while, but last time.
1: It it has been a while. Um, I work a two-week rotating schedule, 12 hours a day. So I'm actually, you know, in a week, I only, in two weeks, I only work seven days. So that's like having a whole week off. Oh, yeah. It's kind of spread out, and uh, you don't really realize you're off until you're off. Like, the nice thing about it is, is when I am off every other weekend, I'm actually off for three days. So it gives me a little bit of freedom to do what I got to do.
0: Yeah, that's nice yeah but you aren't aren't your job and that's what no. kind of the reason I wanted to talk to you as well is because you're somebody that I would consider a a an astral hobo or someone who uh, we're, you know we're in this in this day and age we're all kind of stuck um, in in our spots where we are because we can't just take off on the road like you used to be able to go do. So we travel in our minds and mm. I know that you. Aren't you, you? You do. You work at the ice cream shop for money, but that's not who you are. You're a. Uh, you're, you're a thinker.
1: I like to think so. I definitely uh, entertain a lot of. Uh, uh, some days to the point of the distraction, but yes, I definitely uh, <laughs> enjoy uh, getting out there. And uh, yeah, you know, I think about that a lot. I mean, there are people that have jobs. They kind of hate, but yet they make a lot of money and uh, they don't really um, do anything else for fun because they're so busy earning that wage. And uh, I guess for me, you know, yeah, I make all right money. I mean, I mean enough to you know, pay most of my bills anyway every month. And uh, But yeah, definitely I'm not defined by my work. I mean, I've done a lot of things in life too. Uh, when I worked in radio, for instance, that was kind of fun. That was what I thought. Always thought I wanted to do was work in radio because I like, um, well, growing up, you know, Casey Kasem just passed, and uh, Casey Kasem was a total hero of mine growing up. I can't remember a time. Uh, as a kid, when I didn't have on the headphones on Sunday morning listening to the top 40. And um, yeah, he was totally my hero for a lot of years growing up because uh, he was very down to earth and he uh, had the whole reaching for the stars thing and uh, definitely my love for music um, and radio came from listening to casey Kasem as a kid and uh, so his passing was kind of bittersweet uh, because i'm glad he doesn't have to deal with his crazy family anymore but uh, <laughs> at the same time he's not around to be shaggy and or uh, he did shaggy for a lot of years on right. uh, the scooby-doo show but who's gonna do that i mean who's who gonna guy do a, shaggy right they got a guy to replace him but he's not as good come on be honest <laughs> <clears throat> um, so yeah i mean and when i was in radio i definitely uh lived and breathed the whole radio thing you know you'd go out and um do events uh you'd you'd talk to artists you'd go to concerts and uh i'm not a i'm not an overly uh outgoing person i guess but um because i i do like to think about things and when i have conversations with people it's definitely more along these lines you know i like to sit and just talk about whatever comes to mind instead of being a a schmoozer, where you have to pretty much stick to a script and uh, be someone you maybe aren't comfortable with, but that's just uh, who you have to be for your job. And I'm glad that I now have a job where I can kind of fade into obscurity and uh, <laughs> just kind of make my wage, and and uh, it, it doesn't define. Uh, who I am now I have a lot of friends there and I do a lot of discussing of things with certain people but uh, yeah I definitely enjoy the opportunity to uh, uh, broaden my horizons and I think that's why I love reading so much that's why I love music so much because I mean for the week or two it takes you to read a book you definitely get to get off in your own little world and right um, experience something even if it's just in your mind that you've never experienced before and um so yeah and and just having friends on Facebook like you I I uh can live in San Diego by <laughs> Yeah,
0: in fact uh, we spent the afternoon at the beach we, we 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 wish you could have been there with us
1: i have uh <laughs> For the record, I've never been to the beach, at least not to an ocean. i you know, we have right. being Indiana, we have lakes, and I lived in Minnesota for a lot of years, and we have ten thousand lakes there, and uh, so yeah, I've been to the fake beach, but I've never stood on the sand and watched nothing but water. I don't know that I've ever been there.
0: Well, well let me tell you. Here is what I what I uh, realized today that I know what I noticed as you walk down there, the water is just peppered with people oh yeah um, and 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 we we come to the to the coast and it doesn't matter what you look like your clothes are coming off and you're going nice. in the water yep. <laughs> and and that, and it's that's the only place that's acceptable but that cool. i I think we it's because we've come we came from the water, and mm-hmm. so we get when we get to that ocean there's just this feeling of getting back into it you just can't wait to get your feet in it
1: mmm that, it, that was uh, just
0: my thought today.
1: Is it really? Uh, is it really blue and and awesome like it looks in pictures? It,
0: it depends on where you are, but yeah, it's it's uh it's like that. Um,
1: I have seen the Atlantic Ocean. Let me go back. I, I have <laughs> seen the Atlantic Ocean uh, from a distance. We were driving uh, one time for a family reunion, um, and we went through. Mystic Connecticut, which I know brushes right up against the Atlantic. And uh, so I looked out my car window and kind of waved and didn't have time to stop, unfortunately. And that was back during the, uh, remember when they had the big blackout in the East
0: Coast? Uh huh, yes. I,
1: saw, I mean, huge blackout. Uh, we were on our way to a family reunion in Boston on that very day because we left really early and it was like hey the lights are out on the east coast and but don't worry they'll be back on by the time you know evening rolls around well they weren't and uh, it's the only time i've ever been near new york and uh, of course all the lights are off and everybody wants to go to the statue of liberty that's what they want to do at night well of course (laughs) you can't get there even though they had lights on it uh, we could see it We drove right down to Liberty Park And they immediately of course turned us around And said no we can't let anybody in Because there's no light, oh, there's no oh, light. <laughs> And so uh, we had to turn around and drive Like an hour back into New Jersey Just to find a place to stay that night And uh, of course the next day Things were still kind of iffy uh, We at least got to go down And this was after 9-11 So uh, the statue wasn't even open uh, So you really right. couldn't do anything anyway um, But we could stand there and look at it And, uh, and then we got to go to the museum because the governor pretty much shut down the whole state for the whole day uh, because nothing was really working. And uh, so that was an experience. I've never been to New York, and the one day I go, they kill everything. <laughs> well, that
0: that's kind of a cool day to be there.
1: <laughs> it was. It was very interesting because, yeah, there just was nothing to do. And there lots of people – I mean, it was different because the atmosphere of the people was very different, the attitude. It's like, hey – we're in crisis mode kind of but who cares the sun's out and we're just gonna have fun so yeah like i said the governor shut everything down and opened up a lot of the parks in the area and unfortunately we didn't get to go right into new york but as you drove up there were lots of little places you could stop and pull off and do your thing and and uh that was definitely an experience but uh, yeah that was the closest i've ever been to an ocean uh was the atlantic and uh it's definitely. I don't know if I, I've often thought about that. If I had a choice, which ocean would I rather be in? <laughs> and uh, I read a book recently that took place in the Pacific Ocean, and of course, there's a lot of cool crap in the Pacific Ocean. And um, I thought, well, that would be kind of interesting. But at the same time, I, I guess I think of the Atlantic being more of the cold ocean which right. probably isn't the case but uh maybe it is i don't know isn't that where the titanic sunk wasn't that in the atlantic
0: i, I think lots, so yeah lots
1: of icebergs and stuff <laughs> yeah, like yeah i always so think maybe, of it as cold uh, i would think so yeah you just think east it's got to be cold um but i don't know maybe someday i'll get to uh, actually get my foot in an ocean and that would be uh, an interesting time
0: yeah it's uh it is it's cool it's it, it's just I, I don't know what it is. It's just it's your feet in water and you just right. you, you kind of feel like you're home.
1: I've been to the Gulf of Mexico, which I know doesn't count because in the Gulf, there are places where you can walk out for like miles and never be above your chest. I mean, it's just the way the Gulf is right. places. We were down around uh, Puerto Aransas, which is an island um the, uh, south of corpus christi i do believe uh i have relatives in the texas dallas area and they took us down there one summer when i was a kid and uh, yeah i was amazed you can walk out and like barely see the people left on the beach and the water is not above your your stomach and uh so that was kind of cool i'm sure the oceans aren't that way maybe they are in certain spots but um that's probably the i guess the biggest body of water i've ever been and i rode on a boat once in lake michigan and i don't know if that counts but uh lake michigan's
0: pretty, it's big. pretty big yeah <laughs>
1: And I'm not a fisherman, so I've often thought, well, I should just charter a boat. But then I'd have to fish. And
0: then you'd have to. (laughs) Why don't you fish? You just don't.
1: I've never had the patience for fishing. I remember growing up, I'd visit my relatives that I was speaking of in Texas, and they had a a little pond. And they'd always want me to go out and try to catch bass with this cane pole. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Uh, (laughs) Just stand there and fling this thing out and watch it bob and and then the fish comes out and it's all slimy and it'd probably be better off in the water anyway. Why am I pulling it out? I don't know. I've just never been a fisherman. I and I, I love eating fish. I got no problem with uh, red lobster or uh, any of that stuff. But I don't know. I've never liked worms. Maybe that's what it's <laughs> maybe down.
0: that's it. It's the slime factor. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you uh you and I both used to blog quite often. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both and uh, I I. Took a peek at your blog. It's been a while, and it, probably because you stopped writing, and it probably about the same time I stopped writing. Um, what do you think? What do you think the future of writing is? Just as it, it seemed like there was a, a big blog explosion, right? And where, where we we met through each other's blog, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you're such a great writer and so inspiring um, to read your stuff. But it almost seems like that audience for writers like you and i have has gone away nobody's reading anymore
1: yeah definitely a time time span thing i don't it's funny i just this morning was on i and i want to say facebook kind of changed the way i blog um i definitely got away from long form writing and writing a little it's it's easier to write a cute status update than it is to actually sit down and pound out paragraphs that fit together um uh, and it was funny because I was just talking about my blog the other day with some guys uh, on Facebook. I'm in a group of dad bloggers, which I really never considered myself to be. I mean, yeah, I wrote about my kids, um, but I never had that whole dad thing going where I was always writing about my kids. I always brought in plenty of other things, whatever I was thinking of at the time, which kind of went with the name of my blog, The Cheek of God, because that's from a book um, by Jan Martel called Life of Pi and uh, it was always about just being where you were and being satisfied where you were and um, so that's kind of how I did my blog wherever I was at that's what I wrote about and I never spent a whole lot of time worrying about those things well now it seems like blogging if you're not in it to make money or to get stuff um, you're kind of in it for the, the wrong reasons because I mean obviously people like their free stuff and they like to have companies call them and say, hey, would you try our product and then write a review or whatever, and that stuff just always, although there's guys that do that really well, and I got no problem with guys making money off their blog or anybody for that matter, um, it's kind of just become a thing that, uh, and I never went that way, so maybe that's why I didn't have a huge uh, following, if you will, I I guess I never cared about a following, Um, but yeah, where does that leave us today? I know there are guys that still blog. And a lot of people, obviously, still blog. There are bloggers out there that are making a difference. Um, just recently, the group uh, that I'm a part of, the guy who actually founded the group on Facebook, found out he has like stage four lung cancer. And uh, this was a shock, of course, to everybody and to him. I mean, he had no clue he was ill until one day he just couldn't do a whole lot of stuff. And he's like, I think I better go oh, wow. to the doctor. And um, the group ended up rallying around him and writing blog posts about him and this i don't want to say fortunately but it was right around father's day when everybody was suddenly logging on to father's day right. things like that and he ended up they ended up starting a fundraising uh go fund me kind of thing uh, or kickstarter maybe it probably wasn't a kickstarter but something like that and i mean they ended up raising a just a crap ton of money for his family to finally be able to take a vacation and to offset some of his medical bills. So I've seen the good side of blogging, definitely. And um, and I've seen bloggers who are excellent writers that don't have a lot of uh, readers, but yet they continue to pound it out. I've got a lot of good friends who I would consider... Quality memoirs that still write that kind of stuff, which is what I kind of consider my blog to be. You know, it was about life and it right. Was about that's life. how it,
0: what I would consider your blog, and that that's thecheekofgod.wordpress.com. Yep, yep.
1: Yep. And uh, I actually I think the last post was had to have been in the middle of last year, um, because I did a, I did this experiment last year. I <clears throat> I wanted to get back into reading. Uh, Because I love to read and I hadn't read a lot of novels in a while and I wanted to challenge myself to read and keep reading. You know, a lot of times you'll finish a book and set it aside and go, well, you know, maybe I'll take some time off. Right. I, that was that was a long read, or or that was I'm done. I don't want to move on to something new. Well, I said I'm going to finish a book and then I'm going to immediately start a new one. And they're only going to be debut novels. These are first novels by our artists or writers who uh, maybe they've been published in nonfiction, maybe they've had some short stories, or maybe they've never published at all. Uh, some of what I read. People had never uh, written a book in their life, and uh, they just got lucky.
0: You so, were mostly reading new, new books, yeah, or, uh, or uh, older yeah, ones I, too that were just people's it, first novels.
1: Exactly, I did a few, a little bit of that because I also find myself listening to a lot of books, and um, so my listening in the car kind of went, leaned toward listening to debut novels that were like classics, uh, right. like I read. I read Stephen King's Carrie um or listened to it rather right about the time the the, the piss poor remake was coming out in theaters <laughs> and um so I wanted to read the original I'd never read Stephen King's Carrie and uh, I thought well in a year of debut novels I should probably do yeah, that, uh, that. Uh, uh, so that was fun and uh you know it, so I think yeah, the last post I put up was like five great uh, books that I had read last year, and um, and so and I think I was in the middle of that year, so that's why. Uh and where does that leave blogging? I don't know. I mean, obviously, like I said, there are people out there that are doing it well and they still write from the heart and, uh, they don't care who visits. They don't care that, um, uh, they don't get a thousand hits a week or all these unique visitors or get a trip to Disney world or, or a new car or whatever. They just, uh, keep writing. And for myself, I got to honestly say, you know, talking to you again and talking to other people about the blogging thing. It's like, maybe I should put something up and, uh, I've, I toyed with the idea for a long time of maybe just totally starting something new, yeah. um, going with a whole new, um, trying to find a whole new group of people. But man, blogging takes time, <laughs> and um, it really does because if you're gonna do it right, you gotta you gotta go to other blogs, you gotta read blogs, you gotta get involved with people right. that are. Willing to visit your blog, it's almost like a quid pro quo kind of thing. Hey, I'll leave a comment on your blog if you'll come over and leave a comment on my That's blog. That's right.
0: That's and what it never, got too much for me. It was just, yeah. it was just too much.
1: Yeah, and I never wanted my blog to be that way. You know, sure, yeah. I love to visit other blogs, but I don't want it to be an obligation kind of thing where people felt they had to come and read mine just because I'd commented on their blog. And um, um, does that mean people should stop writing? By all means, no. And no. Uh, one of the Reasons why I did the whole debut novel thing is you know maybe one day I'll write one of these debut novel yeah. things and what kind of stuff is selling right now um, and that was one of the things I discovered is almost every First novel is about 250 pages long, and uh, because they were all right in that range, uh, that was right. interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, no matter what you'd written before, no matter what you were proposing to write next, if you wrote a pretty decent book that was about, about 250 50 pages, pages long, <laughs> you could get a novel published. Uh, I don't know that I have 250 pages in me. I've tried. Um, yeah, it's the, tough. I did the whole uh, nano rhymo thing like three years in a row, and the l- farthest. I've I ever got in was about 50,000 words. No, that's the goal. I got in maybe because uh, I think, isn't the goal 50,000 words? You know, I've NaNoWriMo. never made it
0: more than one or two days in that thing. Yeah,
1: I think, I think I made it almost a week one time, maybe a little more. And I pounded out maybe 12 13,000 words. And um, it, it was actually some work that I actually really liked because it was totally yeah. totally stream of conscious. That's the whole thing with NaNoWriMo. Don't think. Right. Just write. Get your and, first draft
0: uh, out there. Yeah,
1: don't plot. Don't do anything like that. Um, and reading a whole bunch of debut novels last year, I learned that that's probably not the best way to write because good novels have a plan. Yes. And creating – and sure, that can all come later. I mean, I'm down with the whole get a draft out because once you get the draft out, you're going to hack it up anyway. Right. So maybe the goal is just to type and write. and But then Whoa. I found myself totally uh, – and having never written a novel, I don't know which way I prefer, but there are people who outline everything. You know, they have a plan. They know what scene they're going to be writing about the day they sit down to write. They know where they're going to go. And then there are other people who just fly by the seat of their pants. And I, I don't know. I don't know that I can do that. Um, I'm sure I can if I put my mind to it. And I've got a lot of ideas floating around in the, in the old noodle, but. Uh, um, that's what
0: was that's what was cool about blogs is that you mm-hmm. could just write your little thing for the day whatever was on your mind right. and uh, but it just seems like the readership just declined and so it was like what well, it kind of felt like it was writing to nobody mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well and when uh, Google reader went down that was what I always used to kind of keep track of all of my blogs uh-huh. I was and i know there are other blog aggregates out there but there were none i'm a total i hate change kind of guy and uh, when google reader went away i was like oh crap Now i gotta do something new <laughs> screw that and, uh, so i that was hard for me because i did lose contact with a lot of very cool people and if there's uh, anything that blogging brought to me it, it is that uh, you know i cross paths with a lot of very cool people and um People that I now consider really good friends, even though I've never met people like you, I know we, you and I, haven't been in touch in a while because I know you kind of stepped away for a while. I but, did,
0: uh, I did. I uh, I got a little too involved in the uh, the last couple presidential <laughs> elections and uh, <laughs> and I had to take a take a uh, a step back and breathe a little while. Oh, um, okay. and, uh, and 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 um, I was actually I was trying out for Big Brother. Okay. The TV show it's, it's on right. right now, so I clearly didn't make it. But right. I was I had cleared everything off the internet. I was trying to be to have have nothing of my past. So uh, I went through okay. and deleted everything. Um, what is
1: that? What is that like? Trying out for a show. I mean, did you make it pretty far?
0: Well, I made it to the initial audition. I don't know if okay. if you watch that show. Um, I don't. There's a girl on it this season, Amber, um, who I was actually in line with. Like. Okay. We we chatted jokingly about starting an alliance if we ever made it into the house and she actually made it into the house but um wow. no it's just it's just a weird stupid obsession i have is that one show that one the only show thing. really <laughs> yeah, like i don't watch survivor or any other reality yeah show, that i don't know why
1: i have a problem with most reality shows i mean not because i don't and if people love them that's totally cool but i mean i've seen Uh, some terrible, terrible shows. Maybe it's because I watch some of them off channels and I hear too many people talk about (laughs) them. um, You know, I just don't know how real reality TV is. And that's interesting that you bring that up because I just read a book called Reality Boy uh, by an author named A.S. King. Uh, She writes mainly in the young adult uh, genre. And um, it's about a boy who was on a reality show when he was five years old. Uh, His whole family was. His mom had sent uh, the, the network's a uh, request uh, for one of these nanny type shows uh, called Network Nanny. I don't have any clue if that's a real show or if she made it up or what, but um, it's about this uh, family who they come to their house because this kid's got behavior issues. Uh-huh. He's got anger issues, and what's his deal? And he and he craps all over the place. He, he that was his whole deal. He crapped on the kitchen table, and he crapped on in people's shoes, and. And so it kind of became this thing where, <clears throat> okay, yeah, definitely, that's TV fodder. We want to get that on the networks. And the story of the book actually takes place when he's 16 and kind of uh, how it affected him. You know, um, how from a very early age he was uh, put on this in this spotlight and made to feel like he just wasn't uh, – Socially uh, acceptable, and he spent his whole youth being called the crapper, and uh, because people knew he was on the show, and uh, it, it was a very interesting read and a very interesting study in you know how that kind of thing can really mess people up. I mean, do you ever get that feeling that people are getting messed up by reality? Oh yeah, well, and
0: and, and the, the, not only the people on the show, but the people that watch the show, and mm-hmm. and, and well, if you look at it as real, right. If if you look at it as just cheap television entertainment then, then that's one way to look at it but when you look at it as real actual reality then mm-hmm. it kind of changes your own your own perception because you think that's what reality is and, right. and why are these people are living this life like this mm-hmm. and I'm not
1: right and that was uh, one of the things she brought out in the book is because certain chapters would go back and flash back to like while they were filming the show. And there was a lot of cut. Not, no, not that <laughs> right. way. We don't want to do that. And we don't want to show when his sister pushed him down the stairs and how she was probably really part of the problem. We don't want to show that on TV. We just want to see this kid crapping all over the place. Right. And how can we – uh, you know, look at that. And, and it's funny because the nanny in the show wasn't even a real nanny. They had the real nanny off to the side kind of being the nanny <laughs> tutor. And to the, the person, TV nanny. Right. And the person who was on the tube who everybody looked at, of course, she was stunningly beautiful. And she had beautiful flowing red hair. And she was from England, so she had a great accent. And... Uh, um, That was, uh, you know, that's what they did. They just come into your home and put up all these cameras, and and pretty soon you find yourself acting in a way that necessarily isn't the way you would normally act because someone has put a camera Camera. on.
0: Right, right. I think it's called reality TV, but uh, it should just be called actors who aren't in the union. (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) you hear the term cheap acting. Right, you
1: heard the term reality TV star. It's like, wait a minute. So this person set out to be a star on television yeah. being themselves were led to believe. But are they really themselves? No.
0: Who and is themselves?
1: A, a, a guy like you on a show like that, I would I would be like, no way. Because, you know, I've known you a while through the, the law right. and all that. And I'm like, uh, I mean, did you would you think you would be pressured to totally be a different kind of person if you were in a situation like that? Well... Yeah. No, no, no big brother, but, uh, I mean, obviously you're supposed to be a little backbiting's comeback. Right, you're right, to yeah, win, well, right?
0: And, 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 I'm, and I was looking at it as not going into it as as a reality show, but as, as going into it as an actor,
1: hmm.
0: and going into it as, as a, and taking on a role.
1: Would your intention have been to be someone who you weren't?
0: My intention was, was to actually... Right, it was. It was to be someone that I'm not. Yes, I, I had cre- I've I've created this character in my head okay. that I think would do well in the show. Okay. And so it would would have been going in and playing that character. Would not have been okay. going in and playing me.
1: So in that case, it's definitely not reality. Right, it's not reality. It would you have had to have? I don't know. Do they make people change their names when they do stuff like that, uh, or would you?
0: No, I no. It's I mean, and that that show is kind of different. It's 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 more of a. Uh, you know, p- trying to live together.
1: Okay. And
0: and um, I would you know, suck at that. With, w- well, with my with my background, I've lived with a lot of people, <laughs> and, and we've okay. and we've meshed a couple different families together, and uh right, and I've, right. and I've kind of been through the shit part of it uh-huh. of, and, and now I know how to do it. If I could go back and do everything over again and and right. bring a bunch of blended people together,
1: <laughs> I, right. I would.
0: It would be a lot better.
1: Huh. But we don't get was, those
0: second chances,
1: right? Exactly, and uh, you just in real life, <laughs> where it goes. and yeah, I mean, to, to do that again with a whole bunch of strangers, that would definitely be, I guess, for a guy like you that uh, definitely is is good at that, obviously, because you've made a life uh, out of your blended family. I mean, do you can you pull that off in a in a in a you know ten episode arc or whatever you know with a bunch of strangers? Well,
0: it's a three month arc. It's three months. Oh, it's, okay. and it's three months. Um, wow a cut off from everything. And 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 you know, they, the thing is is there's one I'm forty one, there's one old I'm there's one old guy that's making the cut. <laughs> and, you know. Wow. They they picked a guy that looks like he's from Duck Dynasty. He's he's it's from sure, the South. Yeah. And there's no way I was beating that guy for that one spot.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, unless
0: you're young and beautiful, there's only right. that one spot per per show for for that age group yeah
1: that seems to be the other thing about reality tv is everyone's so young where did everybody get so young i mean i'm 45 and uh i i I never think of myself as old but holy crap i'm pretty old here's here's uh, how
0: you know you're old is when you listen to the new weird al album (laughs) because it's gone to number one and you think all right let me just listen to this thing let me give it a listen and it just sounds like all original songs. I couldn't pick out you one song. I didn't know one song that he was...
1: You don't know the parodies.
0: you don't know the parodies.
1: That's <laughs> funny. So
0: that's how uh, you know you're old.
1: Yeah, we definitely know Like a Virgin. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, the whole, you know, obviously blurred lines. I, the, the song he made, the parody of that called Word Crimes, is probably the best thing on the internet right now. Yeah. Uh, you have to find that on YouTube and watch that because being wordy people... And, and recognizing bad grammar when we see it, or people who butcher. Because um, there's a thing in there where he's talking about how uh, people use the word literally all wrong. <laughs> oh, I literally died! It's like, no, you didn't. And, uh, my daughter has a problem with that. So, yeah, we had a hoot just watching that video. If you that's get a funny. chance, you should watch that one. But, yeah, some of the other ones, like uh, he's got a song called Tacky that's all big right now, and I have no clue what that's based on. <laughs> Um, and there's one other that's floating around that, yeah, I don't know, I got a brother-in-law who's a huge Weird Al, and from what I understand he's supposed to be hanging it up after this album I can't imagine giving that up, because no one does parody anymore, no. that I'm aware of except yeah. on YouTube, I mean, you got guys who will um, but none of them are going to be weird out no. this guy's do, been doing this for 30 years making fun of other songs and, and uh, doing his thing and some people call that cheap entertainment but I don't, I think the guy's talented as hell and uh, it's going to be sad to see him go
0: yeah it, it really is
1: so yeah, reality TV I don't know, I just don't know uh, that would have been cool to see you on television that's <laughs> for darn sure because I'd have been all like, hey i would never watched a show in my life and I'm totally rooting for that guy yeah <laughs> Um you know and, and my mom she's a big one into the amazing race she watches yeah. that and so occasionally I'll catch an episode of that and I'm like <laughs> I guess of all the shows that would be the cool one to watch just because they do take these people some pretty interesting places right. um the whole getting locked in a house thing I don't know that I'd like that at all but I mean putting people in circumstances where they have to Push beyond themselves. That would be cool reality TV right. for me. And so I don't definitely don't begrudge my mom uh, the American Race or, or yeah, the Amazing it's Race. I've uh, never full confession watched an episode of Doug Dynasty. So
0: I uh, actually have never even seen a minute of that show. So we're, we're equals and it's nothing on
1: And It's nothing to do with them. Right, uh, me neither. You know, I, I definitely don't agree with some of the stuff that's happened recently with the whole, but again, you wonder how much of that is real because, I mean, controversy sells. Exactly. And, uh, you know, if you want to make your show make a billion bucks, say something about gay people. Oh, okay. You know, and he's going exactly. to do that because he's got a billion dollars. So put your neck on the line. Who exactly. cares? He gets to go home to his nice, big, fancy house and no one cares. Right. And, uh, and more people tune into their show. So that is the side of all that that really rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, is how much of it is manufactured? You ever notice that everything that happens controversial is about a month before the movie release or the <laughs> debut show or whatever? And there's so much of that, I'm just like, I don't get why they do that. Um, but. I guess I'm a sucker for
0: that. Well, when you think about that, uh, all the media is owned by six people. Sure, sure <laughs> you, yeah. I guess they 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 know what's coming up next.
1: Oh man, that happened here in town. You know, going back to my radio days, I remember when people couldn't own more than you know one or two radio stations, and that was pretty much it. Right. And you so you had a lot of variety. Well, we're in a situation here in town where pretty much. One of two companies own every single radio station uh, because of FCC slackening uh, rules about that kind of thing and and uh, people finding loopholes. Yeah, you got one place that came into town here recently and bought like eight radio stations. And yeah, they're all doing different stuff and they're all doing whatever. But yeah, there's no every place. It's cookie cutter, and uh, I've never liked that.
0: You know. And they control the message.
1: Yeah, they really <laughs> do. They really do.
0: So what what, what uh, took you out of radio?
1: Uh, my job got eliminated because I wasn't Catholic, which is kind of interesting to say, but it's true. Uh, I worked for a radio station that <clears throat> I, me and my uh, our general manager, we worked hard. We we put it on the map um, enough to where uh, another. A Catholic organization looked into buying it, and uh, when they bought it, I naturally couldn't stay around because I wasn't Catholic. And, and that's no big deal. I mean, I again, I make that sound like I'm mad at the Catholics, but I'm definitely not. <laughs> um, they had an opportunity and they took it. And you know, never forget that your number one job priority is to reduce the owner's debt, and we kind of did that. You know, we right. made his station viable. We did our job, and he was able to sell it and make uh, some money. And uh, so. I moved on and yeah I tried to uh, apply for other jobs in radio just because I had a lot of experience in in things that were kind of um becoming the thing at the time, like automation. You know, the days of the DJ actually sitting at the thing and and talking to people live is kind of gone away. Um and at the time that was still kind of a thing, but yet it was transitioning to more automation. And I had worked with a lot of that. I mean when I hired in to radio, I worked at a station that had, you know, six on on air personalities. And by the time we sold we had maybe two. And uh, we weren't even live most of the time. It was just pre-recorded right. stuff. And um, so I had some experience in how to do that, even though I didn't necessarily like it. Um, I knew how to do that. And um, no one was really hiring. I mean, at the time, I had four kids, and no one wants to pay for insurance for four kids and a wife. Right. Um, so you move on. And uh, <clears throat> I, I don't have a college degree. I was, I was pursuing one at the time. Um, so there wasn't that to, to bolster me up. Um, so I ended up going into manufacturing, which, you know, there are a lot of jobs in that. And then the whole crash hit, and that kind of hurt. I got laid off. I worked for a Carrier for a while and made circuit boards for air conditioners, and, and uh, that was fun. Again, it's one of those jobs where you meet cool people and you just do your job. Right. And uh, But boy, after getting laid off like the fourth time uh, because the housing industry was in the toilet and no one was buying houses, which meant no one was buying air conditioners, which meant no one was uh, providing, um, I ended up almost a year laid off. And that was a pretty tough year. And I blogged through that year. And actually, interestingly enough, that was probably my most successful year in blogging in that I had the time to write. I had the um I had things to say about being laid off, about how to make it through, about how to uh, still be a pretty cool person even though you don't have a job and you're looking for one frantically. Um, and then I landed this gig and uh, that took away my opportunities to for schooling unless I totally went online, which I really couldn't do with the, what I was trying to pursue. Right. and. Um, Working when you don't have the same day off every week, it makes it really hard to schedule your classes. Right. So there's a, you know, I think about it a lot. I think, do I want to go back and finish? Because I'm not that far away. You know, I, I, it would probably take me a year, a year and a half, going a couple classes a semester. I could probably nail this, but
0: uh, I'm just what, not there yet. What would be the, the point for you to, for you doing that, going back to school and finishing?
1: I would probably. <clears throat> you know there are positions within our company that would be monday through friday in a set schedule um that if i were to land something like that it would open up the opportunity or um if i could find through the college where i was going the opportunity to take a lot of what i needed online um and right now there's great incentive to do that because universities are losing students left and right, right and it's definitely a crunch and one of the things that our local campus of Indiana Purdue University did was if you were a student here and you got more than 50% of your credits through this institution and you now have found yourself in a situation where you can't finish your degree, we want to help. And, um, they're offering like half price tuition for people who want to come back and finish their degree. And, uh, I was like, Hmm, that actually was the first time in three and a half years where I went, I might be able to go back and do this. And I didn't pursue it only because I, my kid is there right now. He's pursuing a degree there. My oldest boy, believe it or not, is going to be a junior in college. Um, which is crazy to me. Um, my other daughter will be there in a year and a half. Um, not that I don't want to be in college with my kids. I mean I think me being in college when I was gave them a little bit of a understanding of what college is like and I was glad I've been through that so I can kinda of help them through the process. Right. Okay, this is how you should probably study now. It's not high school. You actually need to do the work. And um, You're okay. Um my dog came out to visit me. <laughs> <laughs> and my daughter's like trying to corral him. And- anyway, he's a good Oh, hey, there he is. He's a um. Would so yeah, that's enticing. I'm thinking, hey, half price. And uh, um, but I don't know. You know, if I could find what I needed to where I could actually do it online, would I have the time? It's funny as I've gotten older, I definitely wonder if I still have the the concentration to do classes. Right. Right. <clears throat> because I notice myself forgetting stuff more and i try to keep my mind active obviously i read a lot i try to but yeah it's a different ball game when you're in your mid-40s I, I think to,
0: it's okay to forget a little bit
1: yeah get, get some agree. of that
0: clear, clear out some of that out of your brain
1: <laughs> i agree totally i've got no problem i was listening to something today and it was talking about how most of what we forget probably really isn't important anyway right and uh so yeah i agree with that and uh uh, filling it with new stuff. Uh, I always felt I was a pretty good student. Unfortunately, I'm have a, I'm kind of type A, and I'm kind of a perfectionist, so if I didn't get A's, I was so <laughs> mad at myself. Um, so maybe it would help me get over that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, going back, though, it would be for an English degree. Um, for a while there, I was pursuing... A philosophy degree as well, um, which was cool. I mean, I don't regret my years of, of going back to school. I regret the debt that I accumulated. You know, it was pretty easy to get student loans a few years ago, and yeah. unfortunately, I have a few. And um, but he's okay, hon. You can leave him out of here. He's okay. My dog's gonna stay and visit. Oh, that's um, um, I I don't regret sitting in class with people who challenged me, who instructors who I got to know very well and still know some of them very well. Um, And I don't regret um, opening my mind at a time when I really needed to do that. And um, it opened me up to a lot of new ways of thinking and a lot of new ways of uh, um, just reasoning in my own mind. And uh, to have that has been very beneficial over these last few years when I've gone on and done other things and when I've needed that rigorous um, challenge in my head uh, I'm grateful that I've been through a situation where I was uh, made to do that and uh, of course my religious studies minor, that was fun I I never really considered myself doing that but I ended up as part of my philosophy degree taking some religion courses uh, specifically one on Christianity I ended up taking one on Eastern religions um, but the class that I loved the most was a uh, class that I took on hip-hop and spirituality which <laughs> uh, you'd think what at a college right. people teach that <laughs> but uh, it opened my mind and of course I remember hip-hop from back in the 80s when it was kind of getting to be a big deal and right. the whole gangster rap thing and I grew up south of Chicago so I heard a lot of it um, but it was never my style I was always a hair band guy and uh, but immersing myself in something totally out of my... I don't want to say comfort zone because I wasn't threatened, it was nothing like that but it was definitely something I had never given rigorous thought to and, and that is that there is a and of course I believe there's a spiritual side to everything, you know, you and I have talked a lot about religion in the past yeah. and um, you know where I stand on a lot of that and that is that if there's a God, I believe he's pretty much involved in, in all the minutiae of life and um, and if he's not, then I think there's still things that we can pull out of this life, they're sacred and reverent and worthy of reverence. And in fact, I call myself reverently agnostic um, after the book by A.J. Jacobs called The Year of Living Biblically. Uh, he kind of coined that term, and it's something that I've always stuck to because I have a huge respect for uh, the sacred and for um, being having, having um, a heart that isn't intolerant toward those things, if you will. Now, yeah, there's a lot of things I'll disagree with, and there's a lot of things about my own past that I'm like, yeah, I don't agree with that at all. But um, when it came to hip-hop and spirituality, I was so intrigued that I signed up the day it was available. And uh, I got to tell you, I learned a lot about artists that I had no clue that they were into certain uh, branches of Islam that I've never heard of, or even... um, parts of Christianity that I've never been, I've never lived in an inner city setting where, um, sometimes the only help people get are are from artists who, um, go in there with very large hearts and help out people. And, uh, that was an eye opener for me. Uh, you know, I learned, I, I have since become fans of a lot of really good hip hop artists that I'm like, man, I totally respect what you're doing. And, um, and and that's kind and and, there, and that obviously uh, as a part of that I now disrespect a whole lot of other hip hop artists. I'm like, wow, you guys are just you and your bling, and so I get yeah, all exactly. vocal about that. I'm just like, I don't get it. Think about what matters. And uh, that's well, you uh,
0: you grew up a fan of Christian rock too, didn't See you? you? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's funny. I'm
0: in your a checkered of... Christian past. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> I remember when you did that little blog for a while on religion and whatnot, and I wrote a post about Straper. Yeah. <laughs> And those guys are still around, believe it or not. I couldn't believe it because they've actually just released a new album like within the last year. And uh, my dog is whining. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's
0: uh,
1: can you hear that? Yeah, that I can the, hear
0: it. It's okay. Uh,
1: I just don't, It's so funny. I guess we're sitting around a is campfire. Okay? So, uh, oh, yeah, he's fine. He... Okay. he uh, He's old, and he's got bum ears, and uh, they get infected a lot, uh, and so we clean them and clean them, but he still sits there and scratches them, and when he does, he kind of gets that moaning thing oh, going, oh, yeah. oh, oh, this feels so
0: good. <laughs> so he's and, enjoying uh, himself right now. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> he's funny.
1: Anyway, um, so yeah, I, um, Christian Past, Yes, I... Uh, I'm in this group on Facebook called the 90s Christian Music Recovery Group. And uh, there's a lot of interesting people in that group, a lot of them that have come through and not been, uh, you know, still don't have a faith much left anymore, but they sure got into Staves Acre or, uh, you know, Third Third Day or groups like that. And we have a lot of interesting discussions on there, that's for sure. And, uh, um, Uh, There are a few artists back (laughs) from those days that I respect, still. Uh, You know, guys that I believe are are handling the faith well, and they've matured well, and they've matured with me, and I've matured with them. And uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, uh, an interesting past uh, when it comes to music.
0: (laughs) Well, that's great. Well, I think uh, we're about out of time here, Brian.
1: Are we really? Has it it been that long?
0: Pretty fast.
1: That is amazing to me, and my dog is really. Oh, he's looking up now. What? What? He hearing me talk. <laughs> Bubba, Bubba, dog, you want to be on the radio? I'll be on a podcast. He's like, nah, no, no, <laughs> thanks. Sit over here and do my thing. So,
0: what do you, uh, what what do you, what do you think? What do you think about the world? Are we uh we doing okay out there in your in your mental travels or? What's the state of the world that you see from your eyes?
1: Well, I tell you, the other day when simultaneously planes were being shot out of the sky and we were, you know, Israel was invading and uh, it it was an interesting news day. And um, I don't know, you know. I don't have. I don't spend a lot of time reading the news. Um, I'm, uh, you know, I know you're very political, and you've written a lot of very good political. Well, things. I, I, I was. And, yeah, I write <laughs> Part of part that. of
0: my uh, my uh, time off has been recovering from that.
1: From that, right? <laughs> turning the turning
0: the news off for a little while.
1: Some of your best writing was uh, geared toward those kind of things, and uh, and I know, so I know you probably still think about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I, um. You know, I don't know. I am not looking forward to elections in the future. And, yeah, fine. Let's get a new person. Uh, that's what we do. We're a democracy. We rotate. Um, sometimes it's up. Sometimes it's down. We are definitely uh, cyclical in our history. You know, there are times when we lean this way and there are times when we lean that way and we're never going to go. Uh, what scares me, I guess, is the divide that I see coming in this country. Um, everybody's got an opinion. And we all know what opinions are, and um, but we've made it so easy to be vocal about our opinions now that there's very little compassion. There's very little looking through the eyes of another person. There's uh, very little. Uh, I'm willing to walk a mile in your shoes. Right. It's, and, it's,
0: it seems like uh, everyone's gotten more vocal, but nobody's facing each other. Right. So people are are spouting off, but nobody's looking at each other in the eyes, so we've lost that human connection.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lack of respect. I mean, um, looking at the whole gun rights thing right now, it doesn't matter where you come down. If you don't come at it from an attitude of I'm willing to engage and listen and um, actually change my way of thinking – whether, it you know, even in, even by increments, I don't expect people to agree with everything I say, but at least have a little understanding and have a little, um, it's the whole just being in another's shoes. Everybody's got a story, and nobody wants to take the time to listen to the story anymore. And I think so many stories today can be manufactured. Um, you know, we go online and we put on a face that we're one way, and yet maybe we're not that way, and we're forced We've kind of forced ourselves into this, you know, and um, it's hard to get out of it because once you establish yourself as this, it's hard to backpedal and go, well, maybe I was wrong about that. And no one wants to do that. No one wants to. No, and uh, so maybe that's why no one cares what I write about because I'm so (laughs) wishy-washy. I walk the fence, but yet I find... In a recent song by a group of art, an artist that I have enjoyed for years, called the Choir, they're a group of guys that have they're in the Christian market, and uh, but they've always spoken of faith and things in a way that I can completely relate to. And in one of the songs, uh, he talks about blowing a smoke ring, and in the commentary for the album, he he mentions that that's kind of the way we are. We we like everything to be very foreign, but yet you watch that smoke ring go out and eventually it dissipates and it's not necessarily a circle anymore. And before you know it, it's gone. And he says, that's the way we have to handle our uh, our attitudes and our beliefs sometimes because what we think we have a handle on, we probably don't. And it's going to be gone tomorrow, if not within the next 30 seconds. Right. And, um, and, and so hold loosely to what you really think you believe i mean yeah i have core beliefs have i have a lot of core beliefs when it comes to um compassion and 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 i don't like the word tolerance but yet that seems to be the word because i there's a negative side to tolerance but i think looking at someone as a person as an individual way before you look at them as someone who holds a view or someone who um looks a certain way or behaves a certain way um, we definitely need to take off those blinders that we choose to put on ourselves and instead take a look and yeah it's blinding and it's bright and yeah it's probably going to dissipate and your smoke ring's not going to last very long but in the end I think you're going to be a better person and not only that but you'll have the power to, to help other people. And I think that's where it all boils down to: Are we helping or are we hurting? And so many. I mean, if you want to know how bad we've gotten, just click onto any radio or news station's feed about some story and read the comments, or read comments on YouTube. I mean, there are a lot of people out there that think they've pretty much got it right, and
0: the the things they say about things that don't matter. Yeah, the nasty comments.
1: Yeah, are we hurting or are we helping? And I don't know if that's just because I'm older and or i think we can raise kids that are that way uh just the other day i was out driving through a walmart parking lot with my oldest my youngest boy who's now 15 and uh, there was a guy out there who you'll see oftentimes standing on street corners asking for money he had a sign he was a vet you know and so many people will look at that and go wow i'm not giving him anything or they'll just look away or whatever and i'm that way you know i drove by the guy but my son's like hey dad um can we turn around so I can go back and get? And he had a couple bucks uh-huh. in he's, he's fishing it out already and I'm like I could have said no I could have said you know we're in the middle of traffic uh, but I said alright so I turned around and I went back and my son got out of the car walked up to this guy and I'm watching from a, a parking space uh-huh. he gives him his couple bucks and he gives him this hug and this hug lasted way longer than most people would be comfortable hugging but I tell you what when they let go that guy's smile and the smile on my son's face that was that was rewarding we can teach people we can teach people and we can model compassion and um that's what we need and when i look around i see that that's what we need we need to get radically compassionate um because that's really it's really the only thing that's going to help us through and uh and, and help us survive even if just in our own minds because it's so easy to fall into that. Well, I've got an attitude and mine is right. Now, I think when we challenge ourselves to step out of that mode, um, yeah, life's going to be harder for people like that because we tend to want everything cut and dried. Um, but I'm learning to be comfortable in the dichotomies of life. And I guess I'm cool with that.
0: <laughs> well, I think that's a perfect place to stop. Beautifully said. Thanks. Um, we've been talking with uh, Brian Thomas. You can check out his blog. Uh, he hasn't updated it for a while, sure. but go read all the old stuff. It's it's uh, some of the it's your writing is one of the few. You're one of the few people whose writing actually brings tears to my eyes. So mm-hmm. um, go back and read the old blogs. It's uh, thecheekofgod. Dot Dot the WordPress.com and there'll be a link on the on the website, which is www.hobosafecamp.net as well. I'll have to
1: check that out. And uh, <laughs> I'm glad you started this show, Mark. It's kind of cool. I mean, hearing from you out of the blue was a, a real. Uh, um, Uh, It was a good epiphany of uh, the old days And uh, it's always good to continue those on With a good friend And so I I, appreciate the time
0: I hope you get back to writing And I'm sure we'll be chatting again soon So
1: Cool Thanks
0: When my rambling days are
1: over And my gambling days are through When my rambling days are over and my gambling days are through.
0: If you tell me that you love me, I'll be coming back to you. So that's it. That's the show. Uh, thank you so much for listening. That was Brian Thomas once again. Uh, the, che- the Cheek of God. You got to remember that the. Thecheekofgod.wordpress.com Also, please stop by the website, hobosafecamp.net. Use the Amazon link. Send us a donation. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Tell your neighbors. Tell the people you work with. Tell your enemies. Tell everybody. I don't care. Tweet us. We have uh, at hobosafecamp on Twitter. You can find us there for all the updates. Please follow us. And Here's a little bit of a bonus. Uh, we kept talking after I thought we'd ended. So if you are interested in the things that Brian had to say, keep listening. There's a few more minutes. Um, we'll see you next time. Thanks.
1: Good morning to an article from the New Yorker um, that talked about deep reading. You're reading, not just for comprehension, but for understanding concepts and um, how common core curriculum Uh, definitely needs to be taught differently if we want kids to have that because now it's not about reading to maintain any kind of thought. It's just about regurgitating facts or things that you did. And and the whole point of the article was basically uh, the dichotomy between reading a book and reading online and how there's definitely a difference in how we process information when we get it out of a book versus staring at a computer screen. And even staring at a computer screen, there's been studies how that show that Internet-connected computers definitely lead to more problems than kids who just get on it for doing a homework assignment and don't have access to the hundreds of other websites. Or even the way we read an article, if you can click on a hyperlink, you suddenly create a text that's not the original text anymore. It's this huge text, and what do we do with it, and how do we... Uh, it was how a how very do we process it? You don't even go <laughs> exactly. to the
0: bathroom anymore without looking at exactly. <laughs> Without <laughs> access bathroom? to everything. There's no time. We're never unplugged.
1: Oh, You know, my wife and I were talking about this. We've never in all our years of marriage, 23 years, we've never had a TV in our bedroom. But yet now we have cell phones which is almost the same thing. And we were talking, should we maybe start docking our phones downstairs at night and not taking them upstairs because how is it any different?
0: Right,
1: It's not at all because the first thing you do when you roll over isn't kiss your wife or snuggle up against you. You grab your phone and check what emails came through exactly. or who liked your status. And I'm like, we can't live this way forever and, uh, and, and maintain any kind of communication. So. Pretty soon you'll just have a chip in your head
0: and you won't need to exactly. grab your phone. You'll exactly. just know.
1: <laughs> well, I'll be wearing Google Glasses right. and uh, seeing everything through that but